0: Hey, welcome to Wednesday night school, that means it's almost Thursday, in case you didn't know what Wednesday means. You know, I've been having this massive guilt over the amount that I've talked about social media on this show, even though I've justified it. It's part of the conversation of who and what we are as human beings in 2021. 2021. And as a result, I'm going to dissect it a little bit, of course. It's what I do. The show, if you you haven't picked up on it yet, this is a show where we dissect sometimes too much. Sometimes we dissect things a little bit too much. But it is a show based around dissection. But, you know, it's also something I can't escape because I was thinking, like I did an episode where I, I talked about people who unfollowed me. And when you do that, you're on the verge, like you're, you're really like right at the precipice of talking about your haters, which in today's language basically means anybody who doesn't kiss your ass all the time. We've entered this world where we're so used to getting props, we're, we're so used to getting acknowledged in all of these passive ways that when somebody doesn't give us some kind of passive acknowledgement... We almost internalize that as they don't like us and because they don't like me, I don't like them and you can also see this with people who have achieved any level of, I don't want to say fame, but people who get attention. People who have gotten a certain amount of attention. They feel obligated to address negative feedback. It seems to be it's like a compulsion and it's never okay. Like you'll see people, you'll see people who have a certain level of fame or attention and they'll address their, what what used to be called their haters. I don't think people really say that anymore, but that's what people are addressing. And there must be just such a strong urge to address that. And even just mentioning in, in the last episode for just like a, a psychological exercise, just addressing the fact that, oh, I noticed at, at a couple different points, these people unfollowed me and it was something I had to think about. Not react to, not respond to. It does make you think about yourself. But not not respond with like, oh, you don't like me? Well, I didn't like you either. You know, not to respond in that way. Because it's so easy to do that. But, uh... You know, it seems like people who have achieved a certain level of attention, it's just if they get negative feedback from someone, it seems almost impossible for them to avoid, to avoid responding. And of course, many people don't respond. Many people don't address it. Like there's a guy, he lives here in Olympia, and I paid attention to him for a few years. He's done a good job covering certain events that played out here in town, and now he does a show. And he's I don't know, he's not my kind of person at all. I mean, because I don't necessarily pay attention to the people I pay attention. to; They don't have to be my kind of person. I can get something from them. I can appreciate what they're doing. So this guy, he's not like my type of person. But he's a guy who I've paid attention to. And I do respect him. But as far as I know, despite like dealing with some controversial subject matter, he doesn't seem to have gotten too hung up on negative feedback. But not too long ago, he ended up getting some flack from a certain group, a certain group of people responded negatively to an interview he did with somebody. And this guy's not famous, but he has his own little niche. But since then, he's completely preoccupied with responding to this one little group of people who have a problem with him. And he makes jokes, you know, because I think that's the mistake that some people make. They think that they can make a joke about it. They think they can kind of, in this self-aware way, address their haters and make light of it. But they just end up doing the same thing that they would have done even if they weren't self-aware. They end up kind of stuck in this orbit where they're obviously thinking about it constantly because we all have that negativity bias. I mean, it goes back to you know, the one lost sheep in the Bible, where the shepherd has 99 sheep that are under his control. And one of them went wandering up in the mountains. So he feels the need to go seek that one sheep out. It's when comedians talk about an entire audience laughing at their jokes, but they'll notice that one face in the crowd who isn't laughing. And that kind of takes up all the space in their brain at that point. They're almost addressing that person now, trying to make that person laugh. Or they're upset about it. They're bothered by the fact that there's this one person who isn't enjoying it. And I think sometimes that's good. I mean you can look at the you can look at that biblical story a number of different ways, but one of the ways that I look at it is It's very easy to get distracted by the one wandering sheep, the one who wandered off. And sometimes you can get so distracted by that, that you lose sight of all the sheep who are just following the rules, who are just hanging out with the flock, doing what you want them to do. You can get so distracted, your negativity bias can overwhelm you so much, that you end up distracted by... This tiny thing, this tiny creature, this tiny person, or not even a person, but just one response from one person at one point in time. You see the way this plays out online. The internet seems to have funneled that. It's like something that already exists in our reality, but it just, it's like it funneled it all into one place and it consumes people. But it was funny because last night I took a walk through downtown. And I was, it crossed my mind, I was thinking about, oh man, the last few days I just had this like, this gross feeling in my, I think in my whole body, definitely in my mind, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, I feel like I've been addressing social media a little too much, I feel like maybe I've just been sharing a little too much in general, about people, about my life. As much as I try to be respectful about that, I just, I've just i kind of been having some doubts about the way I express myself or what I pay attention to. But as I was walking through downtown last night, I kept coming across groups of young women talking about social media. And I, I walked by this these two people sitting outside of a cafe. It was kind of a lesbian-looking girl and then her friend, kind of a, a more traditionally feminine girl. And as I walked by them, the first girl said something to the effect of, did you see that thing he posted about music? And the other girl was like, yeah, I commented. I commented. And it made me curious. Like, what did some guy you know say about music? <laughs> and and what did you have to say in response? It was, just, it was a weird little out-of-context snippet. And then I, I walked by another group of girls. These ones were... I would say they were in their late teens or early 20s. They were just walking, and I happened to pass by them. And they were enthralled in conversation. They were having a very intense conversation about something. And as I got within earshot, I heard one of them saying, like, he posts the same things every day oh my God, he posts the same things every day. And then the other one's like, yeah, you know, it was just funny to hear that. And and both of those conversations, they weren't just about social media. They were about things that men had shared on there. And that's a whole world unto itself, like a woman's perception of the way a man expresses himself on social media. And I, I was privy to a conversation probably about five or six years ago I was out with a couple friends, both women, and at some point, like they were, like one of them had broken up with this guy, and they were talking about him. And these were both, I would say, very sharp, not shallow people. Neither of these women were shallow people in any way. They're people who are very open oops, almost dropped something, Uh, (laughs) very open, very, uh, they're just just sharp, self-aware too, like these are people, they're creative, I think they would both consider themselves feminists, but it was very interesting to hear this conversation, and I I don't think they were drunk, but they were were a little bit buzzed, and I think they forgot that I was there, or just, I I don't know, I mean, I I don't think they were worried about what I was going to think, but... At one point, one of them said, I should have known. She said, I should have known when I saw how few followers he had. And she was referring to Instagram. And basically, the idea was that this guy turned out to be no good. And I I think that's true. Based on my perspective, I don't think the guy had all his shit together. But it was really interesting to hear her say that. Because it was something that she had obviously filed away. She had obviously... observed that, because what I'll have to say about this guy too, is he was very accomplished in a certain field. Like he had a profession slash hobby that had taken him all around the world. He was quite accomplished. And she noticed probably early on that despite that, and despite the qualities that she admired in him, he didn't have a very big social media following. So she obviously filed that away. And it was very interesting to hear that come out after the fact. Very interesting to hear her comment about that. Like something about that bothered her from the start. And my eyes got really big. I didn't say anything. But my eyes got really big when I heard that. I should have known when I saw that he didn't have a very big follower count. And this is, you know, 2015, 2016. This is quite a while ago. But, you know, in that moment, because you could easily hear a comment like that and judge the person who's saying it, I don't think she meant it in a cruel way. To me, it wasn't something that I judged my friend for thinking. It just opened my mind that, oh, that's, if she's thinking that, I can only imagine what other women are thinking about men online, about men's social media following. And I try to avoid, you know, I don't want to typecast anybody. I don't want to narrow everybody down to one category or one pattern of behavior. But, you know, there's an idea out there that women do respond to social status. And sometimes that gets... Connected to wealth for obvious reasons. You know, wealth and social status often go together. I don't believe that women, especially the women I know, are after money. I don't believe that they necessarily evaluate a man based on how much he earns for a living or what his profession is. I do believe they respond heavily to so- social status. And up until that point, I'd never considered that a woman would evaluate a man's social media popularity. But of course they do. Of course they would. If they're evaluating that in the flesh, they have actual statistics now. It's not just how people respond to him at a party. It's not just how many friends he has, how respected he is in his friend group or his social group, his whatever he's a part of. It's also the statistical side, which is a follower count. It's how many likes he gets. And since then, I've just kind of, I've made it a point to observe that. And the way that a woman evaluates a man's social media profile is fascinating And I can't possibly know. I mean, of course, not every single woman does it in the same way. But it is something they consider. And I don't have anything else to add on that. I'll just kind of leave that on its own. But it it was an eye-opening moment where somebody I know who I know to be, as I said, not a shallow person. And I don't think that's necessarily a shallow thought. I don't think that's a wrong thought. I think that thought is actually something that is built into certain people. I believe that thought is built into women. And there are women who will find a guy who they think is overlooked. They found a mystery man, and he's been overlooked, and it's like finding a jewel. And, you know, to be fair, there often are issues, You know, when you're dealing with somebody who isn't engaged with people. There often are issues that might not be entirely fun. Not necessarily anything horrible, because we know that social status doesn't make somebody a good person. We know that popularity doesn't make somebody a good person. Sometimes it can actually mask much more horrible things. So it really has nothing to do with the character of a person. But when it comes to, you know, somebody's social standing... And if that's important to you, and I don't think it's wrong for that to be important. And something else that kind of relates to this that's been on my mind recently is I've known women, and I've also seen this expressed online, but women who find Tony Soprano hot, and I've actually heard that term used, hot, it, it never even crossed my mind Like, when I watched the original run of The Sopranos, it never even crossed my mind that somebody could be watching this and be thinking of Tony Soprano as a romantically or sexually attractive character. Because you think about, just on a physical level, he's very fat, very bald. I'm not going to say he's an ugly guy. Like, I've seen pictures of Jimmy Gandolfini when he's young, and he was a good-looking guy. But I mean by the time The Sopranos was running, you know, you wouldn't think of Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini at that point in his life as hot. Hot. And the fact that both people I know in person as well as this sentiment online and it's not like it's all like there's this massive movement of women who are getting off to the image of Tony Soprano. But the fact that there, are, there is a group of women who watch The Sopranos and think that. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. Because I don't know what the opposite equivalent is. What is the male equivalent? Like, what is a TV show where there's a woman who you would never otherwise consider attractive, but you consider her attractive because of the character, because of her charisma, because of her social status on the show, because that's an interesting thing, is that Tony Soprano is not a traditionally attractive guy on The Sopranos, and I don't think that's a controversial statement. (laughs) I don't think that that's what they were going for. But he's, he's charismatic. He's a leader. He has a lot of people who admire and fear him. He has sex with all kinds of attractive women. His wife is attractive. He sleeps with a lot of very attractive women who are drawn to his power and his charisma. And it's interesting to me that women watching the show respond to that too. Too. Again, just another little eye-opener. Because I'm trying to think of, you know, what's the female equivalent of being fat and bald and middle-aged? I guess being fat and bald and middle-aged, the female equivalent of Tony Soprano is also bald and overweight. Now I'm trying to think of what it would be, though. Like, what show has that? And somebody could say that's an issue unto itself, that they're not making shows or movies that star overweight women who aren't traditionally attractive. I'm sure there are examples of that. But even if that woman is particularly charismatic. Even if she's powerful. I don't believe that a male viewer is going to respond to that in the same way that I've seen women respond to Tony Soprano. And someone could say that's conditioning. Men have been conditioned. To only like a certain type of woman in a certain type of role. Well, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Like I I would consider my friends rebellious enough to where when they look for a woman, they're not looking necessarily for all of the qualities that other men are looking for. I feel like they've broken whatever social conditioning exists. And that's the funny thing about social conditioning is social conditioning comes from natural impulses, but it reinforces them in certain ways. And I don't think women have necessarily been socially conditioned to find powerful, charismatic men with a high social standing attractive. I don't believe they've necessarily been conditioned to believe that to prioritize that even over physical appearance, or personality, because I mean, you think about Tony Soprano, too, and he's a womanizer, and he kills people. But that's not enough. You know, that, that's not enough, like women still look beyond that and find him attractive. He's a bad boy, which you could get into but I'm not even trying to go anywhere with it. I'm not even trying to go anywhere. These are just observations I've made, and I'm not even looking to take it anywhere else. To me, those are just two little examples in my life that have made me go, huh. The fact that women are evaluating a man's social media popularity, whether or not it matters to them is another story. I'm not saying it matters, but they notice it. Because I can tell you, I have never once considered that about a woman. I have never once like looked at how many followers she has. I'll notice if she's particularly engaged in social media or like, if she seems to be on there all the time. But I've never thought to evaluate her based on her following, based on how much attention she gets on there. I've just never even thought to consider it. It's completely unimportant to me. And as I said before, you know, I have that friend who her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, he would go through her social media or posts looking at who liked it. But he was just hunting for other men to find out what other men might be competition. What other men he can just get jealous over because he wants to feel jealous. That's a little bit different, too. But it's just interesting, the idea, I I guess I never thought, and like those conversations that I was privy to, I guess not conversations, but little snippets of conversations where they both involved women talking about, and and different types of women, because the younger, the group of younger girls that was saying like, he posts the same thing every day, you could tell they were like trying to get, they were trying to understand it. They were trying to understand why some guy they know basically shares the same thing every day. And so they're kind of evaluating his motivations. Like, what's he doing? Getting attention. You're talking about him. But then the other conversation, which... And those girls, they seem very normal. They just seemed like normal, older teenagers, young adults. But then the sort of alternative girls, who they were also... They were talking about a guy's post on social media. So I guess, I don't know. It made me think, like that must have a lot of weight to them. Like we all respond, we all think about things we see online, but it just crossed my mind that that must have a lot of weight to it for you to be analyzing something some guy said. And, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what else there is to it? You know, I think I should just get out of this topic because I have nothing more to say about it. This land is mine Take